When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm saying that and then I won't try. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centred around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think, and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. On this episode, I am joined by my wonderful cousin, Irene Kafoika, as we discuss self-sabotage, anxiety, and the damaging effects of people-pleasing. Irene allows us in on her journey of unlearning these self-sabotage tactics and relearning how she is now better advocating for herself. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Well, Irene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a long time coming. Yes. (laughs) I've been waiting for my invite, I can't lie. Every time I see another guest, I'm like, I feel like when you know, will it be my turn? When? You know what? Everyone has said this to me to a point that I'm like, I feel like I'm genuinely offending everyone with yeah. this podcast because I've not invited anyone on. I've just been like, are you, are you ready now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I expected like, you to be here. Yeah, I was like, she knows where I am. She'll find me. She'll when find she's ready me. for me to be on the podcast, she'll come. And that's she'll the thing, I feel door. like I've been doing the opposite where I'm like, yeah, they'll come. They'll find me. But it just feels like you never want to be that person. Yeah. You know? But that's with to be on a podcast. Could you, th- like, I have things to say that people want to hear. Yeah. You but know? I also, I also feel like the same when I'm approaching people. Because I'm like, especially people that are like my family yeah. or like my friends in day to day life, I don't want to f- make it seem like I'm always looking for content and I'm not uh, trying to like just appreciate the moment yeah. with my friends. Yeah. So it's like, oh, do, you, do you want me? You know? <laughs> and then the thing is, is that everyone's like, yeah! Yeah! Yes! I've been pretending to do this in my room to by myself. <laughs> 
like pretending I'm on a podcast. So it's nice to do this with another, with another person. With an actual to person. Be a, like, to actually be on a podcast. And I'm not <laughs> exhibiting signs of severe mental illness in my room, you know? Just talking to yourself. Just talking to yourself. Laughing. And you're like, oh my God, guys. And then you're talking to other people. Yeah. And you're like talking about... I think it's one of those things where, you know, with like manifesting. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just pretend that it's already happened. Because <laughs> you're like, I will do this one I day. will do this I'm one day. I'm just practicing. I'm practicing. Yeah. Right now. But sometimes, because I still haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up, mm-hmm. it's many different things. Mm-hmm. Like what it is that I'm like promoting. <laughs> It's different every time. You know, sometimes I've written a book. Mm. Sometimes I've like... As in, you're coming on a podcast to promote the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have not written a book, so no one, like, that's not why I'm here. But, you know, or like, sometimes, you know, it's usually just writing a book. Mm. Or like, I'm just like a speaker. Yeah. Like, people just want to hear from me. Like, the motivational speaker. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have the little clip on Instagram with the music behind. Exactly. And this is your life. Yeah. And this is why you are the way you are. Yeah. Like I'm just like Brené Brown, but like a black millennial living in the like from Coventry. (laughs) (laughs) But I have reached those heights. I don't know how. But when I'm on this pod, imaginary <laughs> podcast, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it all. I've done it all. And I'm just there on this. Po- and the, the you know, the person who's interviewing me. Well, I don't do both parts. Like, mm-hmm. I just do my part. You do the speaking part where you're yeah. like, uh, yeah, and then there's... Like, we just assume there's. the question mm-hmm. has already been asked. Yeah. So it's not like, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Just slightly yeah delusional i do also even though i have my own podcast like i do like pretending like somebody's interviewing me and then somebody's asking me about a certain thing that i've created and the inspiration behind it and me trying to be coy and not not say the full thing but give you enough and it's like yeah yeah. and then this happened and this was inspired by this event in my life yeah, and then it's like, you guys will find out. You'll see. You'll see when, you know, when, when it, it comes out. When it comes out. When it, whatever it is. <laughs> it's, for you, like, it's probably like a book. But for me, it's like, it could be a multitude of things. It could be anything. One day, like, my purpose will hit me in the face. And I'll be like, oh, right, okay, cool. Now I'm ready to go on a podcast. This is what I was because about. this is now what I do with my life. This is the the kind of like the training podcast then. Yeah, for you. This yeah. is getting you ready. Getting me ready. This is getting you prepared for when it comes out, and <laughs> you're like, "This is what I'm here to be like." Now. Yeah, and I'll be like, "Oh, this makes sense." <laughs> oh, this is what I was waiting for. This is what we were all waiting for. This now makes sense. All the training. This is your media training. This is my basically. media training. Hundred percent. This is your Beyonce before she was Beyonce. People are gonna pull clips from this very podcast. A hundred percent. And they are gonna be like, "Wow, this yeah. is what Irene Kafoika was like." Yes, and it will still be Irene Kafoika because <laughs> I don't want to change right now. Trademark. Yeah. Done. It's just funny because I just remembered that conversation we had with Auntie. Um, oh, yeah. And they did mm. <laughs> That one was just... You know when you knew you were losing? 
Yeah. So I, just, like, I think we both knew that we were losing. It was just like, just I don't even think quiet. I opened my mouth. I just said, I'm not going to talk. Because if I actually start talking, I'm never going to win. Because I feel like for me, there was a point where I, growing up black and African and in the diaspora mm-hmm. as we are, mm-hmm. there's so much of our culture that we lose. Of course. And I just got to a point where I was like, no, I think I would like to keep my last name. Yeah. And then also my passport is up for renewal. Mm-hmm. So I've done the 10 years. I'm mm-hmm. like, you got, you had 10 years. Mm-hmm. I gave you 10, ten years. years to find me. I gave you 10 years. 10 years. And you did not find <laughs> me. You didn't find me. You did not come to find me. <laughs> didn't, eh, somebody's son still has not loved me. So... <laughs> You do not get my name. I'm sorry. You do not. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I've already... I've done the application. Mm-hmm. The, the form is sent off. The, it says Kefoika. And I'm not changing I'm it. I'm not changing it I'm not that. doing paperwork for, for, for someone who cannot get their ass in gear enough to find me in the required time. So the moment has passed. The moment has passed. In 10 years, if I have still not met someone... Mm-hmm. And it's up for renewal again. Mm-hmm. And there's someone there. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll think about it. I'm going to think about it, but for now. But for now, it's it. I would no. like to be... I'm like, even s- socially... Should I choose... And this is a very... If I choose to get married. If. Mm. If. Not mm. when. And I know that really breaks some hearts right there. <laughs> Especially African aunties. Oh, they're listening to this. Oh, my heart. My mom has cried this. She has really cried. Yeah. Very many times when I've said this, because this really hurts her, because she's like, I've been praying for since the day you were born. Yeah, yeah, of course. But if I were to get married, I still wouldn't change my name. We've had too many, like, hard struggle moments, and I finally love you, and I'm not ready to lose you. Exactly. There was definitely a point in my life where I would have happily become... You know, a Smith, mm-hmm. a Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, insert name here, English name here. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, no, Kifuka is not, it, it, it's who I am. Yeah. You know? And like, it's not that hard to say. Yeah. You can figure it out. Yeah. And I love my name. Mm-hmm. And I love, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to change yeah, it. I don't, I don't want to part with my name. I don't, I'm not ready to part with it. And I will not part with it. Mm-hmm. And also, like you, like you said, it's not hard to say. It's not. I really knew that I was... Because I feel like as, like... If you have anything other than a British name in this country, they are very much like... Oh my God, I can't see it. My mouth won't move that way. Oh no, this is very... It's very exotic. I can't even... It's very I can't... I don't know yeah, what to exactly. do. And I knew that my name was not hard to say when in secondary school, um, my my one white friend that I had, I like taught her how to say my last name. And like once she got it, and she, she, she always, when I was teaching her my last name, like she always kind of like never made it seem like I was the problem. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of white people make it seem like you're the problem for being other and instead she was very much like it's on her she's gonna learn it she was very insistent she was like i'm gonna learn it it's on me i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then it got to a point where she was so 
good at doing it and was like it's so easy to say it's so easy to say even she was like and she even knew that the version that i'd given her was very anglicized yeah and she was like it's so easy to say to the point that when people got my last name wrong she would come at them she was like it's Gifugu. it's not hard to say and i was like and that was the moment that i realized white privilege is real and i can capitalize on it and i'm going to capitalize on it because the way this white girl got so mad on my behalf we love to see it i was like wow yeah i said exactly (laughs) i said nothing less from now on Nothing less from now on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was I was so happy. Yeah. What's it called? But anyway, Irene, you're on this podcast. How many hours did it take us to think of a topic? Oh, many hours. Many hours. I don't even know what time we came here. I don't even know what time we. Well, I had a bit of a misadventure today because I tried to go get my hair done, and all the black girls listening know (laughs) what that means. Your hairdresser tells you one time, you get there, she already has it, she still has another customer, and you're there like, mm, okay. So I'm just gonna, so I waited for like two hours for her to finish with Mm -hmm. her previous client, previous client, which Mm -hmm. was a friend of mine actually, which is funny. And then she had other things to do, so Mm. she was like, you know, she had to get food for her kids. Oh, <laughs> One of them, you know, because you got, you've got, I've gone to her house, right? Yeah. And so it took way longer because my initial appointment was at eleven, mm-hmm. and that got moved. Mm-hmm. And then to one to one thirty, but I didn't actually start getting my head until three thirty. We were supposed to hang out in the afternoon, yeah. And then that got pushed, and then I think we got here at like eight, eight. And it is ten. <laughs> and that whole time we have been trying the to come whole up with something. Time. But the thing is like we were trying to come up with something to talk about, but we were just talking yeah, about other many about random other, yeah. things. And then kept getting distracted and then we just kind of stumbled upon yeah. this. Yeah. And we as like, soon as we got onto it, I said, get your equipment out yeah. now. We're recording this. And there's a very professional looking microphone in front of me. Which I thought I would have to like speak Girl. directly into. Like, God, I got used to it. No, is, I told you this is the trainee podcast. We're doing big things here. For when you have, when you go onto the other podcast, yeah, you're doing your thing, doing my thing, and they're gonna give you your own microphone. This one we're sharing, dude. Like, Girl. I think for me, my dream in this life is you know the one that moves. Oh yes, <laughs> the one where they keep like. Those ones with like on the big big podcast, yeah. yeah. They the one that you know the one mm-hmm. I mean, where they're just like that's all I want oh my in God, my yes. life. Yeah. I think that if if I ha- if I get that, mm-hmm. I can I can leave mm-hmm. the earth happy. And just one you've time, done you've done just it. like <laughs> I'm on a podcast and they have the moving the, the moving, moving mic. in the studio in the studio. I'm in the studio with the podcast host yeah and i have a moving mic mm-hmm. and I'm you know so what it would be the miseducate podcast oh my god you go, you're gonna get you're gonna get a moving mic and i'll come back and be like you see i told you look at you with your moving mic i know and look at me with a goal and a career <laughs> We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. 
there. Somehow. Somehow. Some way we will get there. Yes. But yeah, today we are talking about being overthinkers. Yes. Self-saboteurs. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) We are telling on ourselves today. That's what we're doing. So I guess my opening question would be... Oh, crap. No, I'm overthinking it. (laughs) (laughs) It took us so long to get here. And now we're like, "Mm." Mm mm-hmm. How do we even begin? But yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm an overthinker. Hello, everybody. Yeah. I guess, like, just to start with, like, how have you been an overthinker in your life? Oof. (laughs) Just from the moment I was born, you know? From the womb. (laughs) Came out "Mm." thinking. Came out and I was like, I'm stressed. Like, I'm already, <laughs> like, what's happening? Who are mm-hmm. you people? What's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. How am I going to disappoint you today? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like I'm, like, I know I'm the problem here. Like, I'm crying, <laughs> but, like, I don't know how to. Oh, my mom's calling me. <laughs> so, how have I been an overthinker? Um, how have I not been an overthinker? <laughs> I just. I don't know how anybody lives their life not over mm-hmm. like not not overthinking. Mm-hmm. Like people that can do that, like mm-hmm. some of my male friends, mm-hmm. I watch them live their lives, mm-hmm. and the the thought that they are having is just about what's going on in that moment, mm-hmm. or like probably like about engines, mm-hmm. or like engines. <laughs> You know? So I really thought about Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't know why. I, I, I just thought. <laughs> you said engine. I was like, Thomas That's the, the only engine that you know. Okay. She's <laughs> a Formula One babe. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. There we go. Um, yeah, but for me, I cannot make a decision mm-hmm. until I have thought of everything that could possibly go wrong. Mm hmm. And then gone back and thought of more reasons it mm-hmm. could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then eventually not do anything about it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I need to have a conversation with this person because they did something to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I need to tell them that they did something to hurt to my hurt feelings. feelings. So I'm going to think about that and be like, mm, but what if they like take it the wrong way? Mm-hmm. What if they didn't mean to hurt my feelings? Mm-hmm. What if they... Like, what if they have something going on in their life that's keeping... And then I'm like, you know what? You're right, Irene. And mm-hmm. then I just... You don't do it. Don't do anything mm-hmm. about it. So I'm just, like, frozen mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. overthinkingness. No, I'm literally... I'm exactly the same. I think... I used to do this thing, and I didn't know it was a weird thing until I, like, one day kind of absent-mindedly when you're comfortable with a friend you just tell them oh here's my weird thoughts and I, I think I was like do you ever just kind of like think of all the weirdest like possibilities that like could happen right now like for example like I could just fall down the stairs right now as we're talking mm. like I would just tell her that and be like yeah and I think about it all the time like the worst case scenario especially like when I was in like the worship team at church I would think about like one of the lights just falling on me when I'd walk up the stairs um like onto the stage I'd think of oh what if I trip in front of like the whole congregation yeah. like I was like 
I would always think about it if I'm going up the stairs, if I walk into a door. I'd just be like, yeah, it's just, I just always think about these things. And then my friend was like, what? <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Because I don't do Good that. Thing, and I was like, not... oh. Oh. That's so you not... don't think of every possibility of anything of that Of everything that could possibly go home. Yeah, because I, I remember I shared that, like, a moment with my one of my male friends and I was saying to him like yeah like sometimes if I because we have a cleaner at work mm-hmm. who cleans the mm-hmm. toilets or mm-hmm. like the offices and sometimes when I have an interaction with her or I feel like I'm a bit rude or like the way that I say something is a bit off I'm gonna think about that for the rest of the day mm. and feel bad about it mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I should have apologized. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to, like, my tone was, like, a little bit off when I said, excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. You know? And yeah. I was like, you don't. Uh-huh. You don't do that. And you he's don't like, think that way? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't do that. I'm like, Ah, yeah. interesting. But then I'll speak to like other friends who also have the same mental illness as me. Um, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like I have that same thought. And it's like, yeah, like I've been thinking about apologizing to this, this probably a, like another cleaner um, for like three weeks because I, I was a bit off with her. And I was mm. like, you see, you get it. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yeah. So it's like, it's probably just, anxiety it is anxiety no it is and, and a hyper awareness of like other people's feelings and perceptions of you i guess i just want to understand like where it's come from because i guess something that i picked up of what you said was that like a lot of your male friends don't think that way they just think about whatever and they're very impulsive and then i can't help but think and yeah, I can't help but think. Even then, I just had to stop myself from being a people pleaser and being like, I'm not trying to be woke. And <laughs> but like, screw it. I'm going to be woke or whatever. But I can't help but not see the pattern of, like, the privilege of being male and also mm. whiteness. But then also to add a layer on it because obviously we're family. Like, you were the eldest child yeah, within yeah. your family. Yeah. And you're one of, like, the oldest in, like, cousin wise Mm -hmm. so it's like I feel like there is a lot of weight and responsibility not just on you as a woman but you as a black woman Mm -hmm. you as the eldest daughter Mm -hmm. you as kind of like a family role model in which you have to be burdened with yeah thinking and feeling for everybody else around you yeah and I guess like yeah um yeah (sighs) that was a lot that you just said there um (laughs) When I think about it like that, oh, I should clap. Um, because of the way that our family is, mm-hmm. we're very involved in with each other. With each other, like yeah. it's not just like our nuclear families. So it's not just like me and my mom and dad and Lynette, mm-hmm. who's my sister. Um, it's like aunties and uncles, and mm-hmm. there's pressures and. Stuff that comes from, like, people who are not just your parents. Mm-hmm. And that whole eldest eldest daughter mm-hmm. thing, that adds a different element to it. And I think growing up, I, d- I definitely 
found my worth and validation in like academic success Mm -hmm. and so I remember being very much an overthinker Mm -hmm. um and having a lot of anxiety around that and like um trying to make my I'm always there's always like an element of people pleasing Mm -hmm. that comes when you're an overthinker you're also a people pleaser Mm -hmm. that's what it's about because you're not overthinking for your own benefit Mm -hmm. like it doesn't benefit me Mm -hmm. to think about all of this stuff all of the time Mm -hmm. it's a lot to do with what how I want to be perceived by other people Mm -hmm. and so when I was growing up and like academically and stuff that was to please my parents Mm -hmm. and to please our family Mm -hmm. to um to be seen as that family role model. Mm-hmm. There was things um, in my, in just the way that I've lived my life mm-hmm. that have come from people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Decisions I've made, um, decisions I haven't made, mm-hmm. things I haven't done mm-hmm. because I'm like, what? what's so-and-so going to think about that? Mm-hmm. What are they going to... Because I, I even remember when I decided to go to Bible college, mm. um, there was some not-so-thinly-veiled <laughs> comments mm-hmm. that were made by some members of our family um, about how I was making a mistake, mm-hmm. basically. And that kind of stuff, it... it it's hard yeah. to deal with because mm-hmm. as a person that was always like good at school and I remember one of our aunties saying to me one time that I looked like a doctor and I was like, what does that, does that even mean? What does that mean? mean? <laughs> what does that even Other mean? Other than being the child of immigrants, yeah. apparently I'm supposed to aspire to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember there was this one week in my life where I'd gotten like really into Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. and I was like, I can do that. I could be Scalpel. a doctor. Exactly. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I, I feel like that's that. the hard part. That's it. It's done. That's all you have to do. Like Scalpel. <laughs> and that's, you're fine. But then that lasted literally a week because I'm like, I hate blood. I hate hospitals. Mm-hmm. I hate the idea of having to tell someone bad news. Yeah. I would start crying. Oh my God, I would cry too. So... I feel like I'm probably not built for being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was... Because I had made that decision for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go with my life. Mm-hmm. And then hearing stuff like that. And I was like... And that people pleaser in me was like... Rearing its ugly head. But I was like, no. I'm not going to... So there are moments in my life where I can like overlook it. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work mm-hmm. to get to that place where I'm like, I'm not going to let other people's thoughts and opinions of me be my main driver. But it's very hard. Mm. It's very, very hard. I think that would be my next question then. So how do you understand and differentiate the difference between choices that you've made for yourself and then choices that you've made for the sake of other people? I think it's just how it feels mm-hmm. in my body, how mm-hmm. it feels living it out. Because mm-hmm. I probably would say one of the biggest things that I did that was definitely out of like people pleasing 
was when I went back to uni to do my master's. Mm-hmm. And I... There was, a, there was like, lots of things going on in that time, but um, I kind of didn't know what to do with mm-hmm. my... Like, I was still trying to, fi- still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I was like, this will make people happy. This will make my parents happy, get people off my back. So I guess... Because um, before I'd got... So this was after I came back from Bible college. Mm-hmm. So before I'd gone to Bible college, there was this, like, I'd won that battle Mm -hmm. of, like, I'm not going to do things for other people. I'm going to do things for myself. And I had chosen myself and chosen to go to Bible college. Yeah. But then I came back and I was like, you know what? You guys win. (laughs) I tried and I don't want to do that whole by like church thing at this moment so I was like fine I'll let you choose for me mm-hmm. I'll let you decide so I went and then I just struggled mm-hmm. I struggled because I didn't the course wasn't what I had thought it was going to be yeah I was just like going through a lot internally mm-hmm. um and then I ended up getting depressed mm-hmm and dropping out and mm. that was hard mm. being a dropout mm-hmm. as a people pleasing eldest daughter mm. oh my gosh mm-hmm. probably one of the hardest moments of my life mm-hmm. was um the day I decided because I had deferred it mm-hmm. I had deferred my and I was like okay I'll like I'll come back to it once I feel better but every time I remember I was in Edinburgh because I'd moved to Edinburgh the year that I had dropped out mm-hmm. in this, all the year I deferred it I just was like I'm gonna move to Scotland and then so the year the next year when it came back to me having to go back to it I just remember like every time I would open my laptop I would have a breakdown mm. like trying to do an essay mm-hmm. and I've always been quite academic and I have enjoyed learning about the world and like um I did geography for my degree mm-hmm. and I think it really opened my eyes to a lot of things I learned a lot about world structures and like economics and history and geopolitics and it was all really interesting but I was just in this moment where I was like this isn't making me happy mm-hmm. and and I was trying to go back to it because I said I would go back. And I I was trying to make my parents proud of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was like just dying inside. Because mm. I was still struggling with depression. Yeah. Um, the worst part of it was done. Mm-hmm. But, um, so the part where like I was just in bed and couldn't get up like I was done with that but for anyone who's had depression it's not just like a one day there's a light switch moment and everything goes away it takes time yeah to to um get out of that mm-hmm. um and then so every time I would go back to my laptop and be like okay it's time to do the essay mm-hmm. um I just couldn't do it 
I couldn't mm. do it. And then it got to a place where I was like, the idea of doing it for other people was not enough mm. to motivate me mm-hmm. to get it done. Mm-hmm. I just... And so I was like, okay, like I, I have to drop out. I have to... I have to do this for myself. Mm. And so, yeah, I'd called uni. I think I called uni before. I sp- and I just was like, oh, I emailed them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I called. Um, I emailed them and I was like, yeah, sorry, done. Um, and then had a conversation with my dad. And then um, had a conversation with my mom. That was a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was... But being a dropout, that was hard. Mm. I just never imagined that for myself. Mm. I never imagined that I would do that. Mm. That I would... But I was really proud of myself. Yeah. At the same time. Because you did something that was for you. Because, yeah, I did something that was really difficult. Mm -hmm. A difficult choice for me to make. Mm -hmm. And obviously I overthought it for, Mm -hmm. like, a long long time time. before I actually did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because people pleasing in the end really doesn't serve. And obviously like I know that and we, and you know that, Yeah. but it doesn't make it any easier to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I know that I shouldn't do this. I know that I should not make decisions based on what other people think of me, mm. but getting yourself out of that mindset and out of that. And the practicalities of that and the fallout of you actually making a decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like like people-pleasing and like overthinking it. It's almost like... like I don't want to be too like hyperbolic or dramatic, but like it's almost like an addiction sometimes. Mm. Because you're constantly thinking about this other person and you don't have access to their brain. So you don't know what they're thinking at all. And it's almost this like um so like Shan Booty, who like I mentioned a lot, who is um what's it called? Like a relationship intimacy, like therapist coach um person, um, on like social media and YouTube and has her own podcast and everything. Like, she always talks about, like, the inconsistent reward and the slot machine effect, where it's, like, people are addicted to slot machines because of the inconsistent reward. Like, Mm -hmm. you may not win the first time. Like, this idea of, like, you keep going and going and pulling, like, the lever so many different times with the idea that if I leave this slot machine, somebody else is going to come, pull the slot, and then get so much money and win a huge prize that I could have won if I had stayed. And I feel like a lot of times, whether it's in, like, well, Shan Booty always says this in reference to, like, relationships, but I feel like it's within any area and sector of your life where you're just kind of like, if I just stay here and deal with it, if I just keep my mouth shut, like, I'm not going to rock the boat because if I do, if I, like, if I move from this place somebody's going to say something, somebody's going to have a reaction and it's going to reflect badly on me. Mm. I think it's so interesting because, what's it called? I had a a meeting with, um, kind of like a debrief meeting after I did, I helped assist with a project and 
the person that was doing the debrief with me just said to me so Sarah what do you think your downfalls were and I was like um he specifically asked me about um he said there were times where I asked you to give me an answer within 10 minutes or to create something within 10 minutes and you took so long and you never created anything but then when I pushed you in that last minute to give me an idea you gave such a good idea Mm. why did you why did and it didn't need to take so long why did it take so long and I was like because I was in my head Mm. and I was really concerned that if I had said something to the person that I was working with they would have not liked it and then that would have reflected badly on me yeah and all this different stuff and it's kind of like realizing that I don't know like this place of like being an overthinker as you said freezes you it makes Mm. you it keeps you stuck in that place like thinking constantly thinking about other people's um ideas and like what they their opinions and their emotions and how they would feel like constantly putting yourself in that place kind of freezes you to the point where you're just kind of like you're just waiting for something to happen to you rather than being in an active position where you move yeah a hundred percent what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I guess, like, what's it called? Like, I guess it's one of those things where, like, how, when, when do you realise? Or, like, mm, I guess this would be a two-part question. Because it's, like, when did you realise that what you were doing, how you were acting, like, overthinking, being a people pleaser, and basically overall anxiety, because that, I feel like that's the umbrella term mm. that these two rest under. Yeah. It's like, when did you realise, like, this anxiety was not a good thing for you anymore? Mm. Was, would you say it was when you dropped out? Or was yeah, it before I think, then? This is the thing. I think for me, with my anxiety, mm-hmm. it's it's a constant battle Mm -hmm. and I and there are times where I win and I'm like no I'm not gonna spend time living in my head and like overthinking things and then so I'll have like a good season so 
dropping out of uni. It was like, yeah, cool. Drop mm-hmm. it. I'm going to go. I'm not going to go anymore. And then cut to like a few. Um, and then with certain decisions, I think I'm better at it than with other things. So for example, you know, I've moved around <laughs> quite a bit yeah. um, in my life. And I I think with that, I'm really proud of myself for how brave I am with my choices. Mm-hmm. And I try as best as I can to not... Obviously, like, it's, it's, a, it's a try because my it just runs so deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but usually I'm good at getting out of my head when it comes to okay, no, I'm actually done. I'm done with this season. Mm-hmm. I felt that way when I was in Australia. I spent two years there and I was like, I got to the end of the two years and I was like, no, I need to go home now. Mm-hmm. And there was like a little bit of pressure from like my friends and stuff in Australia to like, no, like stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I had made a decision and I was like, I'm sticking to what? Obviously, there was a wobble at the end. I was like, well, maybe I should say. Um, but I was like, no, like, I've decided this is, um, I'm done and I'm I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Then I decided to um, go do my master's, even though I feel like that was a lot about people pleasing. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. And mm-hmm. then dropping out. And then I decided to move to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really have a plan. I went and I was supposed to be there for five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up staying for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And in that, I I was really proud of that decision. Mm -hmm. Because I, there was, yeah, there was no plan. There was no structure. I didn't know how I was going to make it work. Mm -hmm. But I did. I went and I was like, um, and I had the best time. Mm -hmm. I loved my time in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I was still really depressed. <laughs> so, like, as much of a good time as you could have while you're depressed. Yeah. Uh, but it helped. It mm-hmm. Like, for me, Scotland saved my life. And I wouldn't be the person that I am now if it wasn't for that time and the people that I met there. Yeah. And then it got to the end of 2020 and the weirdness of that year. And I was just like, my, my time here is done. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm odd about it for a bit mm-hmm. because when you know, you know, like Glenn, Glenn and Doyle always talks about like your knowing, mm-hmm. you know, like like that little voice inside of you, mm-hmm. your gut, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um. So for. For me, in that season, I just kind of felt like, yeah, I'm done. And again, no plan, didn't didn't know what was going to happen. I yeah. just was like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done being was... here. And not in like a bad way, it was just... And in, in that, I also had a bit of a wobble because I love my friends up there. And I was mm. like, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to like make anybody feel like it was because of them. But... I was like, no, I have to decide for myself. And then I ended up in Cambridge, which is where I live now. Mm-hmm. And again, that was a very, like, let's just go see. Mm. Let's go see what happened. Um, so I think with that, I I am proud of myself for being brave. 
mm-hmm. and just trying things out. But when it comes to things like relationships, oh my goodness, no, 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 no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I will live in my head. Mm. I will stay in my head. Mm. And we'll let things pass by. We'll let, like, potentials mm-hmm. just happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to say anything. Because yeah. what if what I think is happening is not what's happening? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't want to embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And the anxiety of, like making a fool of myself mm-hmm. or per- that's the perception of me making a fool of myself is a lot higher than mm-hmm. the you know the reward of a relationship mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I'm yeah. like there are again there's been moments where I'm like okay I'm gonna get out of my head mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell this person that I'm interested mm-hmm. and then I've told them and then they were <laughs> They were like, what do you mean? I flirted with you because we're friends. <laughs> what did you get? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I was flirting with you and I was doing all of these things, but we're friends. And I was like, what? Uh... And so those kind of things will knock you back yeah. and like knock your confidence. Yeah. And so, um, so then it makes me want to never approach anyone yeah ever again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and also because I've always been single Mm -hmm. and so there's an element of like there's a weirdness that comes with that Mm -hmm. where because it's never happened you think it's never gonna happen Mm -hmm. so you just like assume that it's a no before Mm -hmm. you even try Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um but yeah with I think that's probably the thing that I like overthink the most Mm. is like my interactions with people who I am interested in romantically Mm -hmm. because I already reject myself before they have a chance Mm. to reject me or like I will overthink it so much where I'm like I've already seen our whole relationship and Mm -hmm. I've seen when we break up Mm -hmm. so there's no point of us even Mm -hmm. trying it's the inner saboteur yeah. It's literally the inner saboteur. And I think the thing is, is that, like, what's it called? So, like, as I was saying to you before, when we kind of got to a point where we were like, okay, we're going to do this podcast about being, like, anxiety and overthinking and being an inner saboteur. Like, there were several points where, like, I noticed myself being a saboteur and just kind of, like, trying to do different things where I was like, okay, I'm going to ruin it. But, like, okay, I'm not going to share the story that I shared with you. But, like, there was another time. There were two people. One was obviously somebody that was genuinely a nice person. Had, like, was also very interested in me and was more caring than the, like, second person who was very much a bully. And I remember basically having this, like, whole crying fest with my housemate. And I think I, I like even shared the story in like I think the first episode of Miss Educate podcast when I'm talking about self love, and I remember just saying about how nice and how kind and how I was like more interested in the first guy, but 
the second guy made me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I was more comfortable with him. It wasn't scary, while as the first guy, it was really scary. And mm-hmm. I was like... Like, I was like, even though I want to see where it goes with the first guy, I was like, nah, I'm going to stay with the second guy. And mm. she looked at me, she was like, why do you think you're so unworthy Ooh. that you would stay with a guy that bullies you? Wow. Shout out to your friend. Literally, that- shout out to my friend. We were drunk on my birthday, <laughs> but she dropped some truths on me. And I, I've never forgotten that moment. I've yeah. never forgotten it. And we drank a lot that night. But um, I've never forgotten it because it was, it was the first time somebody was like, Sarah, you were the problem. Mm. You were the problem. Because you can leave this other guy. Because he's, he's literally not even showing any interest in you. It's not like he's begging you to stay. He's literally <laughs> ghosting you. He's ghosting you, baby girl, and you're literally just you're there begging it, begging him to stay. And he's like, "I'm and not even like, here. I, I'm not even here. I'm um, not even interested in you." <laughs> like it got to a point where I really was like, "No, I'm the problem. Mm. I'm the one who has believed that I'm unworthy of love for a, a long time." Yeah. To the point that I'm kind of like, I'm not going to do anything i'm just gonna kind of stay with what i know yeah and with what is comfortable rather than trying to seek out something that could potentially be better for me Oof. i think sometimes it's just like with your inner saboteur like i love this word saboteur saboteur, saboteur. i feel like i'm being very french <laughs> i just like your inner saboteur my inner saboteur this is for my french and like belgian listeners this is for you saboteur <laughs> yes okay but Back I, feel, to <laughs> I feel like like when you're when you realize when you look in the mirror and realize you are the villain mm. The, the, the three Spidey Mans. Yes, all point, and they're all you. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that thing of like unworthiness, I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And it probably doesn't seem that deep until you really un- analyze it, because you living in your head is coming from a place of like it's fear. Mm-hmm. That's what's keeping you there. Yeah, is like the fear of not being good enough Mm -hmm. the fear of and then when when things happen so like you've tried and it hasn't worked out that then feeds into that that Mm -hmm. loop of fear Mm -hmm. that you like it reinforces reinforces it because you're like look i tried Mm -hmm. and like they rejected me so that means i so that proves that proves my point yeah that i am unworthy Mm -hmm. of this thing um and I was listening to something. It was probably a TikTok. <laughs> I was, was going to try. I was, I was listening <laughs> to something. I read a book or something. I read an article. Yeah, I was going to try. Probably like, New York Times. Smart, yeah. But it was probably a TikTok. <laughs> and about like how this girl was talking about how we hurt, our, we hurt ourselves more in our head than in reality. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing like this inner monologue that you have mm-hmm. of unworthiness mm-hmm. of like well if i reject myself then it will hurt less mm-hmm. than if like i actually go through with it mm-hmm. and 
put myself out there mm-hmm. and because I'm saving myself from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But what you're what you're actually keeping yourself from is living a fuller life. Yeah. Because you don't know. You mm. actually don't know. That's true. I mean, sometimes we know. Yeah. <laughs> like with that bully guy, you're like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Because no, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like... No, like, I'm being an idiot. Yeah. Like, I know that this person is not interested in me. Like, he has, he has done the most. Far from interest. <laughs> he has done the most to yeah. tell me he is not interested. Yeah. And I keep going back. I keep going back. Because, I don't know, that's, that's not, I can't even go down that path. Um, but sometimes it's like, um, yeah, you actually don't know. And mm. you're hurting yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. To keep yourself protected, mm-hmm. but you just don't know if you you don't try. Yeah, that's. Just... I'm saying that, and then I won't try. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I would listen back to this podcast. I'd be like, like, I really oh, had some great points there. I, I should write this down. Like, who is, is that, that girl? Is, that is wonderful <laughs> advice. Have you done anything about it since you said it? Nope, nope. <laughs> not a chance. Because the thing not. is, I feel like it is so easy to talk about it's it. It's so easy to talk about it. But it's not easy to do to it. To do it is very hard. To do it is so hard. It's very difficult. Like, it's easy talking about, yes, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. Like, when I really admit to myself I'm a people pleaser, oh, I rinse that word out. Oh, I told people while continuing to be to a people, be a people pleaser. pleaser and not working any in any which way or form to kind of like stop myself from being so, even though I knew the word and I knew yeah. that I was harming myself no, and no others, problem. still didn't do anything. Still didn't but do I can tell you I'm a people pleaser. I'm going to tell you that. I can tell you till the cows come home no, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> but I've had like... Um, not in relationships because oh that place is out my field. But there's been like little victories that I've had recently mm-hmm. because I struggle with putting myself out there in just in general. Mm-hmm. And um even when it comes to like work, mm-hmm. because I've already decided that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I've already decided I don't have the right experience. So when I see a, like a job description mm-hmm. and there's like one thing on there that I cannot do, I'm not applying. Like, no, nope. <laughs> disqualified. <laughs> well. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm just like, nope, that's, uh, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, uh. <laughs> I tried. I looked at the application yeah. and I tried. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, um, a conversation with my boss recently about like kind of just trying to, you know, get other jobs, like using the experience that I've had to try and like find something. Yeah. You know, because I'm smart. And, you know, she, she's a graduate. <laughs> And just that battle of like, because I didn't go down the graduate mm-hmm. job path, mm-hmm. and then because when I when I was living in Scotland, and I had depression, I kind of only could do jobs 
like I had customer service jobs and I'm not mm. downplaying those jobs at all but um that was for me just what I could do at the time because yeah. I was like I'm trying to survive mm-hmm. you know I'm trying to get to tomorrow <laughs> I can, I don't have the bandwidth yeah to also be trying to like do whatever people do at work yeah you know? yeah whatever like, it I is. don't want to think I don't want to think I just wanna I just want to go and I do my job and then I leave and I don't have to think about it yeah and so that has also given me this like weird complex mm-hmm. at work of feeling like no I'm not good enough mm. like. Because I feel behind. Mm-hmm. I feel left behind because mm-hmm. I'm 29. <laughs> and I, I don't have my life figured out. Yeah. So that gives me a weird complex. But I, like a couple of weeks ago, I just started applying for stuff. I just mm. started. I'm like, I don't know if I'm like good enough, but yeah. I'm going to try. Yeah. And just for me, that was just like a little, just like a, a little battle that I had won. Yeah. Against staying in my head and overthinking things and mm-hmm. rejecting myself before anybody else gets the chance to reject me. Mm. Um, so I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. Mm. And if I get rejected, is it the end of the world? Mm. My no. bills, I still have a job. Yeah. I'm still paying my bills. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, so little steps. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny victory, but you still it's a have tiny to, victory, to but, celebrate it. But I very much was, like, really proud of myself yeah. when I did it. Yeah. Because it, it took me a few days mm. to, like, finally press, like, to... the submit button. Yeah. On the app, which, like, might sound really silly mm-hmm. to people, but... For me, it was huge because mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm actually going to just, like, take a chance on myself mm-hmm. because I am good enough. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I am good. I can do this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. The relationship one, though. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is still doing a work. The Lord is still doing a work <laughs> but I on think, that one. I think, what's it called? Um... It's interesting, but it's also, like, really inspiring because, like, I feel like for other people-pleasers out there, it really is the small things that you have mm. to celebrate. Like, you really do have to celebrate the fact that, you know, there was you... Somebody bumped into you and you didn't say sorry that time. Like, it seems so small and so insignificant. Yeah. Because it feels like, oh, my God, why why do you say sorry? But, like, for our people-pleaser... To, to not apologize for your existence. Oh, yeah. 100%. Is, so, is, is a win. Because the thing is, is that they, it was their fault. It wasn't your it fault. Wasn't your, it wasn't my fault. You are taking up the space that you need to have because that is the space that you need to be there to exist. Yeah. Like, I think it's also, what's it called? This is like a point from what you said a while ago because it reminded me of something that um, another podcaster said Kelechi Okafor, which I and I always mention her. She has a podcast called Say Your Mind, and a few weeks ago she basically said in the podcast she was like, like she was like, you need to stop looking at like, um, the enemies that you once had, like the enemies and and the insecurities you once had. No, the in- she said. You need to stop looking at the insecurities you once had as your like as your enemies because at one point they protected you and they kept mm. you safe. And I think that kind of aligns with what you were saying when you were like, 
I, this whole idea of like unworthiness and fear, the fear that you had at one point did protect you. Yeah. From harm. Whether it was all in your head or not, or a real fear, there was something that happened that made you think, okay, now I have to constantly overthink these things. And this is protecting me from like whatever has happened before. And she basically was saying something along the lines of like, even like instead of like calling it like your enemy and trying to fight against it just kind of being like thank you for your service of what Mm. you did then but now you've got to go yeah you've served your time you've served your time you have to leave this is not helping us anymore yeah and kind of even in trying to like because i always hear people pleasing in recovery like even in trying to like recover and like stop overthinking things not be so like hard on yourself when you mm. don't kind of what's it called when you don't when you're not always able to like seize the opportunity so I don't ever look at things and think oh I regret this and that and stuff like that I'm more kind of like I don't know feel like I need to like have a cuddle with my younger self where yeah. I'm like you know what you were really worthy and I'm sorry that you had to go through that with such a horrible guy I'm sorry that, you know, you didn't speak up in that room and you felt hurt by what that person said. Mm. Like, let's stand up for you now. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, like, actually, like, last week, I basically stood up for myself for something that happened, like, a few months ago. And at first I was like, this happened months ago. They're going to be really upset with me. And I just told them how I felt. Mm. And even though when we... Because this person was like, let's have a conversation about this even when we had a conversation and they basically did not really properly comprehend what I was saying to them, I still in my head was like, I did what I set out to do, which was to stand up for myself and to stand up for who I was before when I felt like I couldn't speak because she was hurt Mm -hmm. and she needed somebody to stand up for her and I'm going to be the one that stands up for her, even if it's me a few months later. So I guess in like, in coming with like the little victories as well i guess what else are you doing to kind of like counteract the people pleasing tendencies because i feel like it's something that you can't necessarily like get rid of yeah together but it's something that you can learn to like manage and kind of cope with and make smaller to the point that it's not as significant yeah. anymore it's not the driving force like fear and anxiety is not the driving force anymore yeah no I think that's huge what you just said especially the thing about like your insecurities serving you in the past I think it definitely if, <laughs> we could both say you know saved us from like some bad relationships <laughs> But at the time, like, you think, oh, my gosh, this person Mm -hmm. is, I love them. Yeah. And I want them. And, like, I will die. (laughs) If we are not not together, I will die. I will Mm -hmm. cease to exist. And then, you you know, you stop liking them and you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, there was, like, 150 red flags that you just completely you ignored. Saw none. You saw You waved the, that You banner. picked them up and you were, like, playing with the flags. What is wrong with you? And, like, but in the moment, you're like, yeah, like, this is such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Love this for me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so I'm like, ooh, girl. 
it's a good thing you can't talk to you can't tell people how you feel yeah because you should not have told that person <laughs> anything um but i think for me now what as a especially with the people pleasing thing is boundaries mm setting boundaries mm-hmm. and then sticking to those boundaries mm. which is very hard mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very very hard um but for me the worst thing is like i'll make a boundary with someone mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. but i'm not telling you yeah <laughs> like i know that i have a boundary so they're literally crossing they, they, cross, be crossing, they be crossing it every day and i'm like how dare they cross my boundary but they have no idea <laughs> so I'm like, I next step would mm-hmm. be to tell the person mm-hmm. that I have set this boundary for yeah. them. Because in my mind, I'm like, okay, the boundary is, you know, I can't even think of an example. <laughs> yeah, but it, it could just be metaphorical. You will not cross this line. I'm yeah. drawing this line I'm in the sand. Drawing a line in us. the sand and being like, nope, no more. Yeah, I cannot do that anymore. Yeah. And then they'll do it again. Uh-huh. And I won't say anything. Uh-huh. I'm like, damn it, how dare they cross that boundary that they don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> that is so rude. They're so rude. But it's like, I didn't actually tell them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's also just like, like you said, like standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. And being like, saying no once is very hard mm-hmm. for a people pleaser. So having to say no consistently mm-hmm. to the same thing, mm-hmm. oof, child. Oof. But that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. It's like, what if I've said no, stick to my no. Yeah. Like, no, like, I think I've said, I've heard it a couple times, like, no is a full sentence. How? Mm. Because there's no need for me to, like, then go into why I'm telling you no. Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. I say powerfully, and then you're like, <laughs> no, actually, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I have absolutely no capacity it's to like, do what, it. What do you mean, Irene? Is it... No, as in you're not going to do it, or no, it's fine. Like, what? which one? Either or, it's please. It's both. It's both. <laughs> it's both of those things. But, yeah, fine, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. No, but say, like, tr- sticking to my nose mm-hmm. is something that I'm working on mm. at the moment. Mm. Is when I say no to someone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Because it was already so hard. Mm-hmm. That thing, it was already so hard for me to get to that point where I've said no. Mm-hmm. And so I want to honor myself mm. and honor that decision that I've made. Yeah. By sticking to that no. To the no. Mm-hmm. And then yes, also. Because saying no to certain things allows you to say yes to the things that you are good for you. The things that are good for your soul, the things that make you feel alive. You know what, that's actually a really great way of putting it. Because I I feel like we look at boundaries as a way of like, you're always negating, you're always kind of mm. like closing the door, but really you're closing the door to open other ones. Exactly, exactly. It allows you the freedom to do what you actually want to do mm-hmm. rather than what you feel you have to do. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I think... Especially in this past um, two years, mm-hmm. in the pan the panoramic that we've been in, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I've d- 
definitely like grown into myself more and found myself more because I've just taken the time to be like who am I what do I want not what do other people want from me what do mm. um what do I like what do my parents want what do my family want what do I want mm-hmm. who do I want to be yeah where is it that I see myself those are really hard questions to answer and I don't have answers for a lot of them but also not putting pressure on myself to find those answers straight away yeah like I don't have to answer that question today yeah you know yeah but being like this is the space that I'm in Mm. and I'm doing this for me Mm. and for the life that I want to create a life that I'm excited about a life that but also the unknown can be, it doesn't have to be scary. Mm. <laughs> I'm Too anxious myself. people in the room talking about the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the unknown doesn't, it could be wonderful. This mm-hmm. is the thing. Like, be. because of my, the way my brain works, it just goes into yeah. like, worst possible scenario. I'm not even going to lie, even as you said it, I was like, what's she talking about? <laughs> What is she talking about? I was like, <laughs> allowing room in my brain that the unknown could be great. Mm-hmm. It could all work out. Mm-hmm. It could all be better than I could have imagined. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like that with my time in Cambridge, mm-hmm. I was very nervous when I first started. And then uh, when I first moved... Because I was like, I'm in a completely different city with, and not knowing anyone, starting a new job in a new industry, mm-hmm. and still in lockdown, I think it was number three mm-hmm. at that point, and I was like, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And my anxiety was, I threw the roof. <laughs> But it was, it's been great. Yeah. I've never been happier. Mm. And it's just like, it could, it could all work out. It could all work out. It could be wonderful. It could be wonderful. Beyond what you had ever imagined. Yeah. And I think even if it isn't wonderful, like, still trust and believe in yourself that even if it doesn't work out, even if you fall flat on your face, that you are strong enough to pick yourself up. Yeah. To dust yourself off and to keep going. It's that whole thing of, like, you have su- survived all of your worst days. Mm-hmm. There's not been a day that has found you that you haven't been able to get through. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It was tough. Mm-hmm. And I think about... For me, now, I always go back to that those times when I was depressed mm-hmm. and I was in my bed and I was like... I'm always going to feel like this. Like, that's how it felt in that time. Like, I was like, how am I ever going to get through this? Yeah. How am I ever going to survive? Mm. But I got through it. Mm. With the help of a lot of people and a lot of love. I am very loved and I have a a lot of incredible people in my life. Mm -hmm. But also my strength and my grit of choosing and deciding that I wasn't going to let it beat me. Mm Mm-hmm. And now 
It's crazy because like, like I can survive that, mm-hmm. but like I will overthink the way that I said something to my friend because I feel like I might have offended them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that is gonna ruin my day. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope they knew that was a joke. It's like sending that long voice note. So like, remember when I said this thing like two months ago? I just need you to understand that it's really been weighing on me, and I need you to do it. And they're like, what are you talking Why? about? What happened? What do you? Was that mean? even me? Was I even it's, there? It's like, what did you do? <laughs> Who said what? Oh my god. But yeah, and I just... And I'm about to turn 30. In... 30, flirty and thriving. You know it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned 30 on the 20th of March. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this will be out. I, I might be 30 by then. And there is definitely a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, like you're not where you're supposed to be. You haven't done whatever mm-hmm. like the societal expectations. expectations of like who I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. but I'm like I don't care mm. and I'm really excited for my 30s yeah and I'm gonna try <laughs> no I'm joking um no I'm really I really am mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. for what 30 has my 30s mm have to offer mm-hmm. and also I'm really proud of myself mm. to have gotten to this place and to have kind to as much as like my anxiety and my people pleasing tendencies um are a battle that I fight every day I am proud of the decisions I have made that have led me to this point mm. because there there I have been many times where I have decided no, I pick myself. Yeah. I choose me. Mm. I don't need external validation on a decision that I have made. This mm. is this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um and I just I think for me in my thirties I just wanna be braver. Mm. And I wanna do that more. Mm-hmm. I wanna be the kind of person that's like, I feel this thing and I'm gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it mm. and like trusting myself more I want to trust myself yeah that's yeah that's kind of like all that I would there's no like I want a kid by 35 no like, yeah we'll, who knows when that stuff will happen yeah who knows if um you never know where life's gonna take you or when those milestones will happen but what I want and I hope for my 30s is that I am braver mm. and that I um, kick this people-pleasing habit. <laughs> my addiction to mm. overthinking. Mm. I don't know if I'll ever fully recover, but for it not to be what leads me mm. or what drives me. Yeah. Um, I want to be... Yeah, I just want to be braver with my life. Mm. Period. 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 You know what? I need to stop saying period a lot because this is like, you've ended it so beautifully and then I've just been like, period. (laughs) But like, I need to stop saying that because I went to church last week and what was it? Like, okay. (laughs) I disagree with the church on a lot of things, but there was one point that like the preacher said and I was like, oh yeah. And like, 
people in church say like, Amen. Amen. I yeah. agree. You know, speak, Pastor, whatever it is. And in my head, literally behind my mask, I was like, Period. 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 And I was no, like, but sometimes oh. that's just like that's the reaction. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it comes from the soul. Mm-hmm. The that really came from my soul. Like that's very genuine of me, but I was very period. much like period. Period. Yeah, period. Mic drop. Period. No, but Irene, you have summarized and given a lot to, to ponder and think about. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're so this, welcome. This is probably the first of many times I'll be like, I mean, we're going to record another episode. We're going to have to think about this. I'm going to give you five days notice so yeah. that you can think about. But the thing is, you also, you did give me I notice. did give you a lot of notice. Because I think we spoke about this maybe like a week ago. Yeah. I and I had so much time to the think about it. The whole time. Nothing. No. I came up with get here still nothing two hours two hours you know what I actually got to a point where I was like we're probably not going to record the episode and I was like you know what it's going to be fine Sarah you'll find some sort of content whenever you need it it'll be fine and I was like nah she'll probably be back sometime soon we can do it then don't stress don't stress I'm here to provide content content queens queens I think that was uh, the name of the last receipt. Podcast. The receipt, yeah, I literally was thinking that too. Yeah, I love that oh, podcast. But yeah, thank you, I mean. For no worries, so. Sarah. It was my pleasure. Period. <laughs> okay, so let's debrief. Let us debrief. Firstly, I would like to say thank you so much, Irene, for being on the podcast. Here's to many more episodes with you. Here's to your bright future. Here's to you being featured on many more podcast episodes. I think this episode, like editing this episode, just reminds me of how much I love doing interviews and having people on the podcast that I know and that I love because it just flows so easily and don't get me wrong that doesn't mean that I don't want to do any more interviews with you know other people that I don't know in different areas or sectors of life there's just something different about you know when your best friends are on the show or when your sister's on the show or when your cousin's on the show it's it's different because like you it the conversation just flows like the way that we talked is literally the way that we normally talk and as I was editing I was laughing the whole way through because I was really just enjoying and having a good time with my cousin um in terms of what I took away from the episode um I wrote this note down as I was editing and I said this I said that there is a long journey between knowing something and accepting it I think what was highlighted to me as I was listening to this episode back was that Irene and I, who have had very similar journeys, um, have both kind of known at several different points in our lives that we, you know, that we were self-sabotaging, but didn't actually do anything. But it was like, you know it, but do you accept it? Do, Do you accept that this is who you are? And I also wrote, Okay, so I said, yes, there is a long journey between knowing something and accepting it. And then I said, additionally, acceptance is not the destination, but kind of like the connection to taking action. So what by that, I kind of mean, I don't know why I had the kind of metaphor of like a connecting flight. I feel like 
acceptance is the connecting flight between knowing and taking action and taking responsibility and taking accountability for your actions. So I think knowing you're a people pleaser, knowing that you're self-sabotaging, knowing that you have anxiety is one thing. Accepting it is another. And then taking action, I think, proves that you have accepted that this is something about you that you need to work on. And I think for myself, I can say that I am... I feel like I am still in the airport. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys, I have a cold as well. Um, I would say for myself, I would say that I'm still in the airport for that connecting flight to taking full responsibility. Like, or maybe I'm in the air, you know, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's kind of something that I took from that episode that I took from what Irene said. But let me know what you took from what Irene said. Do you self-sabotage? Where are you in this kind of analogy? Are you are you in the place of knowing that you're self-sabotaging? Are you in a place of accepting? Or are you in a place of taking full responsibility and full accountability for your actions? Let me know. And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miseducate blog, where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so you don't miss out on new posts. And lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourselves. Make sure to rate, review on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. Bye! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.